Welcome back to Snap Judgment. Today on the show, before you have a story, you have a backstory. And our next piece starts with one person just trying to make her world a better place. I had a really fucking shitty childhood, like just something out of a bad B movie, just because it's like the worst stuff that you can imagine. We had a dog who was supposed to be the family dog. And her name was Rusty because she had rusty colored feet. But if I walked into a room, she would wait on the other side of the door for me. Every single time she would just lay in the door until I came out. I mean, she was my dog. I was her human and I loved her madly. My dog was shelter in the storm, you know, and if I would cry, she was always right there and she'd come and put her head in my lap and she needed me. Nobody else ever needed me before. It kept me from feeling worthless, you know, that that something needed me and that I was good at it. I was 16 at the time. I went to school one day and I came back and my dog was gone and they had taken her and put her to sleep. Not that she was sick, but because she peed when she slept a little bit. So they put her to sleep. They didn't tell me that that was happening, but I didn't get to say goodbye to her. And so she died by herself. We had a big argument. My parents left and I wrote a note that said, Rusty says, fuck you. And I ran away from home. It really changed the path of my whole life. If you're 16 and you run away from home, you're gonna, what it usually happens, you know, in the movies is that you end up as a prostitute or, you know, whatever crazy things happen. But that did not, that wasn't me. I quit school. I got a job. I lied about my age. I got a job at a toy store. I got an apartment. So that was like in the mid eighties. I remember during that time, I knew my parents were looking for me, and if they found me, that they would, you know, call the police and make my life miserable. So I remember I saw them once uh, in a downtown area. I ducked into a building (laughs) really fast, but I was really scared for a minute, but they didn't find me. I was around 30. I had just gotten out of a relationship that was really horrible, and the breakup was really horrible. He did a lot of gaslighting and just made me feel crazy and made me feel very small. I just can't tell you how small I felt. Even though I finally found the courage to get away from him, I felt very broken at the time. I think I was a broken person. I really didn't have a social life. And so afterwards, I very slowly started seeing old friends again. So my friends moved into a house... And they had me come and visit. Turns out they had moved in next door, unbeknownst to them, to this very violent gang. This is a very well-known, very violent prison gang. A pretty powerful prison gang. They control what drugs come into the prisons and, and they run the prisons. There was people coming and going all the time cars being fixed in the driveway, lookouts on the corner, gunshots a few times, loud music, you know, it was pretty awful. 
So I'm at my friend's house and we went in the backyard and I saw through the fence in the neighbor's yard this dog. He had this really heavy chain. It was just huge that was padlocked around his neck and it was making his neck drag down. It wasn't even a collar, it was just the chain padlocked around his neck and he was on this concrete pad. He had no shelter, nothing to lay on, an empty food bowl, no water, emaciated, he had mange. You could see all of his ribs and all of his bones. He was just near death. This was the most pitiful creature I have ever seen. So we called animal control, but I don't know if they came because the next time I came down to see my friends, the dog was still there. And I went home and I dreamt about that dog. And I woke up thinking about that dog and I was distracted at work by the dog. And it was two weeks later, I went back. I went back and I boldly went next door, walked straight up there. My knees were knocking together, I was so scared. And I knocked on the door. I'm gonna lay all my cards on the table. Guy opens the little thing in the door, little peephole, and then he opens the door all the way, seeing that I'm not meaning there any harm. And he's got prison tattoos, shaved head, big muscles, I mean, scary guy. I said, I'd like to buy that dog in the backyard. And I said, I got 300 bucks. All I got, not a penny more. I'd like to buy that dog. And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, oh, my daughter loves that dog. My daughter loves that dog. We can, it's not for sale. I said, any way I can change your mind. No, the dog's not for sale. Slams the door in my face. And I went back over to my friend's house. I went home again dreamt about that dog and I I couldn't get him off my mind at all it was intrusive the thoughts about this dog like I I would be you know doing my little office job thing that I do 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 do, do and you know a picture of him would pop into my mind I can't explain why but I really felt compelled and I've seen other dogs I don't think I've ever seen one this bad that I've just said oh that's very sad you know someone should do something Someone should do something, the famous someone, you know. Um, but in this case, I felt like I had to. My friends move out of this house. So I devised this plan. And I didn't tell my friends, by the way, because I thought the less anybody knew, the better for me. Just in case anything happened. I had things pretty planned out. You know, I had lists for different scenarios. Well, what if this? Well, I'll do that. You know, well, what if this? Then I'll do that. That sort of thing. And I knew what I was going to pack and how to pack light. I knew the equipment that I needed so that I could keep it in my car just to be able to get out of town. I had plans. I tried to practice going over a fence a little bit and what shoes would fit inside a chain link fence. You know, I wasn't just gonna be able to pop over the fence. I was gonna need to put my feet in those little things to use them to get over. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was really scared, but I was also on a mission. I was gonna find him a home where he could be loved and cared for and treated the way that he should be. I took a week off of work. I told friends I was going on vacation, kind of was. 
So I packed everything in the car and I drove four hours back to this town where this dog lived. I stayed in a, like a flea bag motel, no hotel motel, because I was really short on cash. So my plan was to sleep during the day and wait all night and watch and see if I could find a time when the house was empty. The way the houses are in this city, this is not like an urban environment like it is here. So they'd have a row of houses and a street on a block. And then they had an alley and then a row of houses that faces the next street over. So this long, long alley and everybody has their garbage cans in the alley, that sort of thing. And they had a low, about maybe a four foot uh, chain link fence. I drove down there, I stayed in the Fleabag Hotel and I would put all of my belongings in the car with me when I went to watch the place at night. Because I, I thought my hotel was probably going to get broken into. It was that bad. I found a pretty good place to hang out where I could still see the yard and the house, but not. It was in somebody else's garage, basically. Sort of a shed garage sort of thing. But I was still able to see the backyard where this dog was and the house. I brought hot dogs because hot dogs smell really good and dogs love those. And uh, every once in a while I would go and throw into hot dogs when I kind of wanted him to get used to me a little bit so you know he wouldn't bark at me or bite me. Every minute of casing the place, I was terrified. I was sure that one of the lookouts was gonna see me and that I was gonna get shot, uh, that they, they were gonna think I was the police or gonna try to rob them or any number of things. I said, okay, I'm going to give it a week. And then if it doesn't work out, I've done the best that I can. On the third night, the house is empty. Or it's the emptiest that it's been, as far as I can tell. Like all the lights are off. It's pretty early. A lot of times they would stay up later. All the lights are off. It's very, very quiet. And I just said, okay, it's now or never. Got the bolt cutters, got the hot dogs, and I'm throwing him hot dogs. And he barked once, threw him the hot dog, and he was quiet after that. I just kept tossing the hot dogs. Miraculously got over the fence. And I had these bolt cutters in my hand as well. And I slowly make my way over to him, and he has this huge padlock on his neck that I now have to get off in order to free him and take him with me. Now, I don't know if you've ever had to uh, do use bolt cutters on a lock, but it's like a shot. It sounds like a gunshot. It really does crack. I had no idea that it was gonna be that loud and I just froze. And it took me uh, much longer than it should. I really should have practiced, but I didn't really know how much strength I would need I thought, oh my God, you're so stupid. You're just about to be killed and you're gonna end up at the bottom of a river. And I heard something and I just grabbed him and I had this adrenaline rush like I've never had in my life. On the way out, because I was so scared, I jumped the fence like I was a gymnast, just, I mean, with the dog in my hand. And I heard somebody shouting. And I don't know whether it was somebody from the house 
Somebody had heard the crack and wondered if it was a gunshot. I, I just don't know. Got him into the car. I booked it out of there so fast. I ran red lights. After slowing down to see when he's coming, I ran red lights. I thought, well, if the cops stop me, great. You know, then I'm sort of protected. Uh, but there were no police in that area. Forget it. Uh, made my way to the freeway on-ramp, which I had already mapped out. And I left town, and I didn't stop. I brought him home, and he was potty trained in 24 hours. I started teaching him a couple tricks, right? Uh, one of the first things I taught him was to go night-night. So put his paws together and put his head down on his thing. So we taught him night-night. So I thought if I teach him a couple tricks, somebody's going to want to adopt him. The plan was never to keep this dog ever. My other friends like knew that I had rescued him, uh, but I didn't spread the story far and wide. I just didn't want it to be common knowledge. He was a project. He had broken ribs, probably from where he'd been kicked. You couldn't raise your feet. If I just raised my feet around him like that, just sitting down, he would go crazy. I, I think he had been kicked. He was terrified of men, absolutely terrified of all men. I took him to the dog park, and I just want to, like, really appreciate men who go to the dog park. These really good guys, they really understood when I said, look, he's been abused by men, and I really want to make it men okay, and they got it. For a while, they would have to put their hand way over here and move their body away from him so he would take the hot dog. So that took a while, and then it got closer and closer and closer to where men could finally pet him. It kind of taught me that men aren't all bad either. We were both damaged goods. You know, we really were at the time. Broken, both of us. And then I go in the kitchen, I'm making a salad and I'm chopping carrots. I'll never forget this. He comes running into the kitchen. He gets all down and he goes, night, night. And he looks back up at me and he kept putting his head down on his paws and looking back up to me and saying, see, aren't I cute? Give me a treat. I'm doing it. I'm doing the trick. Give me a treat. That's the moment that I fell in love with him. This is Buddy. Uh, he's laying here cuddling us while we talk. I think he's approximately 14 is what, what the vet thinks. He keeps the backyard free of all squirrels for life. It's his job and he takes it very, very seriously. He loves the dog park. We do some off-leash hiking in the hills and it's really beautiful. And he loves it. He absolutely loves the freedom of being able to run and go, okay, what's next? Every day is a good day. See, Snappers, even a dog can have a backstory. That piece was brought to us by Whit Misseldine of the amazing podcast, This Is Actually Happening. Subscribe to this podcast, Snappers. The original score was by Leon Morimoto. It was produced by Whit Misseldine with assistance from Nancy Lopez. 